Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Elevate Coaching Podcast. My gosh, are you in for a treat today? We have the wonderful Meredith joining us, who is the founder of the High Achievers Rehab. And this is, as always, and I say this all the time, but such an incredible episode. We cover everything from burnout to feminine and masculine energy, how to live in alignment and in flow. And we do take a really deep dive into this. So I know that there's going to be so many key takeaways from from this episode for you all. So please do make sure that you are giving Meredith a follow. You're connecting with us both on social media. We always, always love to hear your thoughts, your feedback. If there's anything in particular that really resonates with you, I want to know. Meredith wants to know. So do make sure that you connect with us on socials. And as always, just a huge thank you to each and every one of you that takes the time out of your day to listen to this episode. I do put a lot of time and effort into creating these episodes and getting incredible guests on the show. So it would mean the absolute world to me and all of our guests if you could rate the the channel, subscribe, share it with your friends, share it on social media. It really does help to get the word out of the amazing work that that we're doing here and also all of the incredible guests that we have. And just really quickly before we do get into the episode, I just want to make you aware that as of right now, we have three spots remaining with the priority discount for Evolve. So if you have been arming and ahhing, sitting on the fence, not sure if this is for you, like this is really not the time to sit on the fence. I have three spots remaining with the priority discount and I have five phone calls booked in tomorrow, plus other conversations happening. So I have no doubt in my mind that those spots are going to be gone by tomorrow. And if you want one of them to be yours, you really need to get in touch with me like right now. But anyway, let's get into this episode. Meredith, I want to go in straight for the juicy question to begin with and ask you, why do you think high achieving women struggle with burnout so much? Oh, well, this is this is one of those questions that has so many answers and I can only give from what I have observed and what I have studied and also what I've experienced. And I think that generally as women, we are born at this, in this generation into a very logical and masculine world. And I think our natural gifts as women, uh, which are more sort of emotional nurturing, and that's not to say we can't be all hustle because we can but our natural gifts are to be more emotional to be more in touch with nature to be more in touch with sort of the calls of babies because that's what we do um but because we're born into this really logical world we're kind of forced into a position where we're like right I really need to sort of go against what my natural instincts are and really Mm. just sort of plug in this logical mind ignore my body quite a lot I I need to ignore the fact that I'm in pain for a week of my cycle I need to ignore the fact that I feel really emotional about things some women don't some women do um some men do as well I'm not um sort of putting a gender on this but generally sort of speaking about feminine energy Mm -hmm. and 
I think we are forced into this place where we're like, we need to be so logical and we force ourselves into these work situations because this is what our generation has been all about. Like people wanting to become massive entrepreneurs like way, way earlier than previous generations. Mm -hmm. So there's all of that going on, right? And then you add into the mix, maybe let's say an absent father or a critical mother. So then you've got some insecurities going on from child childhood where you don't maybe feel adequate because you're not meeting what you think the standards are that are set around you, which is completely wrong. But anyway, we're all talking about our perspective. You mm -hmm. add in a sprinkle of that, maybe even a little bit of childhood trauma and your nervous system as a person who is highly emotional is unregulated. So it feels constantly on edge. It is constantly going, okay, I need to do this and I need to do that. And if I don't do that, I'm not going to be enough. And if I don't get this finished, then I'm not going to be enough. And, and that's kind of, that's one of the dialogues, but there are many different ones. And I think that what we do is we sort of fall into this trap of like pressure from society, pressure from ourselves, pressure from our friends, pressure from the internet. And we feel like we need to be presenting as this person that the world has taught us we need to be. And actually, it's in complete disarray from where we are as, like, actual people. Mm -hmm. And I think that as, as a society, as a whole, so many nervous systems aren't fully regulated for multiple different reasons. Like, maybe your parents were too busy to sort of sit and be with you when you were going through a really hard time. Maybe they did absolutely everything they could and still you weren't able to sort of regulate yourself. But as a whole, I think burnout occurs when we fall into this trap of trying to be something we're not and we aren't regulating ourselves and we're not regulated by the world around us. So we're just constantly in this like fueled cortisol zone where there mm. is just cortisol constantly popping around our bodies. And only when you stop and go against everything you've been taught and slow down and actually listen to yourself when normally that happens after burnout because you literally can't do anything else. Do you go, oh, like, maybe this isn't the way I'm supposed to live. Like, maybe I'm actually supposed to listen to what my body is saying and not go against what everyone else is doing. I know that was a really jumbled answer, but I hope I got, you no. made some sense out of that. <laughs> I loved it and I'm like obviously no one can see my face listening to this but like I was like grinning and laughing through that because I was like oh my god this is me to the T or it has been me to the T <laughs> anyway and it's just such a like you answered it perfectly because it is such a complex answer and you know there's a few things that you mentioned there particularly um listening to our cycle that's something that I'm trying to become a lot more attuned with myself. And I would say I'm, I'm pretty good at that now. Um, mm. But it's still difficult because we live in a 24-hour world, not a 28-day, you know, clock in society. Yeah. And I definitely feel the pressures as a woman in my business of I need to keep the wheels moving constantly because if I don't and I let something fall well, that's a reflection of the business. That's a reflection of me. That's my livelihood. That's the bills. That's the rent. That's all of those things paid. 
So there's an element of that that comes in. And obviously, like, I fucking love coaching. Like, I'm sure you, you know, you you didn't get into coaching just for the whim. Like, you'd done it because it's a passion. And there was a, a reason that led you to, to here as I find mm. all of us coaches, there's always a journey that led us to the point of actually being a coach. So it's way more than just needing to pay bills. It's like a true passion and it's my life calling. But then there is that flip side of that. It's like, well, I want to be in my feminine and I want to be soft and I want to receive. But there's a duality in business that yeah. you have to be that space holder, where, you know, especially in the type of coach in the holistic way that I work and, and you work as well. Like, we have to be a space holder. But then we also need that analytical and that logical brain to be to come in and to work and I struggle with switching off between that. And I'm sure a lot of women listening to this will be in the exact same position where it's like that actual, like that transition of like, right, how do I know when to be soft? And how do I know when to be into that more masculine, analytical, logical brain? And I just find it challenging sometimes to switch between the two and try to keep sane and run a business. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think... That is something that I really struggled with for a while when I was sort of moving into my feminine was like, but how can I be in touch with myself and still push past my limits in order to get up and do what I need to do that day? Like it's, Mm. it's really something that takes time and it's not, it's one of those things where you'll start sort of trying and then in a year or two years time, you'll look back and go, oh God, wow, I've been working on this for such a long time and I'm in such a good position now. Um, but like in my life with everything, I don't know if anybody else can relate, but like my life has been a series of pendulum swings with everything. Mm. So I've gone at either end of the pendulum swing, I'm losing my shit. And in the middle, I finally find equilibrium and I'm like, oh, I can do this. So like (laughs) (laughs) when I was 23, I was in like a hyper burnout, masculine, like let's fucking go. I'm going to work as many hours in the day. I was working like, I was working a full-time job and then I was working as a nanny on top of that outside of those hours. And then I was going to the gym at like 6 a.m. So I was doing like 14 hours days every day. And I thought, yeah, "Yeah, I'm fucking killing it. Like, oh, sorry, I didn't swear. (laughs) I I swear all the time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I just wanted to check. I was like, yeah, I'm killing it. Like, this is what the world wants of me. Like, I'm doing everything I can. I'm moving as fast as I could. And then was I happy? No. Was I tired? Yes. Was I taking substances on the weekend to distract myself from the fact that I felt horrific? Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. and after that period, it's almost as if my body needed a really, really, really long rest. And that's why COVID in a way, and although it was horrific, was actually a god godsend for me. Because the, the mm-hmm. one thing I needed was to just slow down and sleep. Me too. Yeah, yeah, me um, too. So that, that pendulum swing from like doing absolutely everything to doing absolutely nothing. And it's only like, probably, it's taken me three years, I have to say, to sort of find more equilibrium. Mm. But it's important to highlight that it's it's a journey, because I talk about this all the time, like, in my own journey. Like, when COVID hit for me, agree, it was a horrific experience for the world. But for me, personally, in, like, my own little bubble, it was the best time for me, because 
I actually got into a lot of therapy. I'd done a lot of my healing. And, and you mentioned something at the start about our nervous system, cortisol running the show. My God, I had no ex idea that I had such severe anxiety. Like, I yeah. didn't believe them. Yeah. I didn't believe them when they told me. I was like, no, I don't have anxiety. Like, what are you on about? <laughs> And I was so disconnected from my body and I had no idea. And it takes time to process all of that. And it's so not sexy to say that, but it's the fucking truth. Like if you mm. want to heal, it takes time and you have to put effort into it. It yeah. is, is it, ugly. Like, it is chaotic. It is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I spoke about this on my stories recently, actually. Like, um, I was comparing it to like someone's fitness journey, but you can compare it to any journey. Um, when you think of like a spiritual awakening or, you know, any kind of awakening that, that you're going on doesn't necessarily need to be spiritual. If that doesn't resonate with anyone, um, you often think it's going to be joyous and great and sunshine and flowers and delightful. It's awful. It's the worst time of your life, but coming out it's of it, yeah, but it's the other side of it, which is joyous and fun and beautiful. Exactly. You just got to get through it. <laughs> Completely. I used to describe it when I first got into healing, like maybe... It was like the beginning of my uni journey, and like I was trying to explain to the people around me who had absolutely no idea, God bless them, because uh, they hadn't experienced like the mental health issues I'd experienced at that time. I was like, healing is like you have a car and the boot is full of dog poo and <laughs> you are driving around and this thing is weighing you down and it stinks and it's horrible and you're just living in this little car and then eventually you turn around realize the dog poo is there and then you spend some effort trying to get the dog poo out and it's a horrific process there's a crust on the top you have to get in there it stinks <laughs> You really have to, it's disgusting. And then once it's, out and you've it, once it's out and you've cleaned it, you get in this fresh smelling car and it's like it drives so much nicer and the experience is so much better. And like people just used to look at me like, are you all right? <laughs> I am now, you're clearly not because you don't get it. <laughs> you're so you're not getting my analogy. <laughs> It is a good analogy, <laughs> but for someone that's like listening and maybe they're like resonating with some bits that we're talking about, but they haven't quite started that journey yet. What are some signs uh -huh. that they might actually be experiencing burnout? Hmm. Okay. So a prime example would be you have weeks where you are going a million miles an hour and you you get so much done and then maybe for the rest of the month you get maybe 20% of that done and during that process you are beating yourself up to a pulp um and you are only ever celebrating yourself when you are in those like 12 hour days doing loads and then another example is when you get these bursts of energy so I used to get really high cortisol in the mornings I know that you get a little bit anyway in order to wake up but mm -hmm. I used to get really high cortisol so that I would be like bolt awake at like 6 30 and then I'd go straight for a coffee and then I'd just start typing and I'd just start doing stuff and I'd do that for maybe like 
a month or two and then like I'd have a month where I physically couldn't do anything. I couldn't get out of bed. I was sad. I hated my work. Like if you're going through ebbs and flows, it's normal to go through sort of an, uh, a bit of an ebb and a flow. But if it's really dramatic in that like one minute you've got loads of energy and the next you hate your life and you haven't got anything, <laughs> then that's sort of a sign that you might be uh, in and out of like cortisol like mm. exhaustion and work burnout essentially work and whatever mm. else burnout i'm trying to think if there's any other signs i think that's it i think that would be my main one mm. yeah i can again i can relate to that i know i've had times where i felt like i've been going crazy <laughs> because of like that emotional roller coaster that that i've been on mm. um so again, if someone's listening, they think, actually, I really resonate with that. And this is like a little bit of a light bulb moment for them. What can they do from here? So the funny thing is, is like what we want to do is once we've gone through the lull period. So I'd say the main the main sort of signifier is inconsistency in your work and in your life. And I think the way to combat that is to actually, when you feel the surge of cortisol that makes you want to get up and go and go mad, that's the time to actually sit and be quiet with yourself mm. and feel all of that stress. Because what it is, is stress. It's stress that's being triggered by you feeling like the end result of what you're achieving is going to make you feel better about who you are as a person. And I think, if you're able in that time when you feel that pull to just sit with yourself and say, what is pulling me right now? Yeah. Because if it's not feeling good enough, you are functioning out of fear, which is always going to exhaust itself forever and always. Whereas if you are more at peace with yourself, you know who you are and you're a little bit more stable, you will always function through love, which is more looks more like listening to your body when you need to sort of have a bit more of a admin day or maybe like mm -hmm. sort of slow progression but still progression um but yeah I'd say combating it is about noticing where that core what where those urges are coming from and then really sitting with yourself because what you might find is that when you feel that pull and you don't answer it and you're going to feel it and feel it and feel it and feel it. And the more you're able to just sit with yourself on like a regular work day and just be like, I'm going to do what is best for me right now. You'll probably start to feel the void of like, oh, my God, we're not good enough. How are you just going to sit here? Yeah, <laughs> and then you go, ah, yeah. oh, OK. Yeah. And then you're probably going to cry on the floor for about a week. <laughs> no, but that's the... Like this is when I when I teach anyone like any of my clients or anyone new to like meditation or mindfulness, it's a little bit like that shit analogy again or like the spiritual awakening analogy. Mm. It's uncomfortable, and the reason mm. it's uncomfortable because our nervous system is constantly heightened and we're used to chaos. Yes. And when we suddenly don't have chaos, it's like alarm bells are ringing. This isn't okay. This isn't okay, and it feels safe mm. for you to be in chaos. And I know that sounds backwards. But safety comes from familiarity. And if you're always in this like 100 miles an hour chaos environment, that's what's going to feel safe, like safe to you and comfort in. Um, yeah, so it's just so important just to like ride that wave and know that it's uncomfortable. 
Completely. I think as creatures, we are like, we will choose familiarity over what's good for us every Mm -hmm. single time. Every single time. And that's why it's so important to choose your new version of familiarity. So, like, you have to recognize that maybe your childhood or whatever got you to this place was chaotic um and the world around you is chaotic like look at us like if you think about everything that's going on in the world right now especially on the news and everything like that it feels like chaos because that's what we are all used to Mm -hmm. and that's what we have subconsciously created because we are now trying to build a new version of familiarity which is actually doing what's best for us and what's best for the planet and the people around us Um, And that is not chaos. That is not moving at a million miles an hour and um, pushing past all of our limits. Yeah. And like on that, something I really wanted to cover today was knowing when the time and place is to hustle and grind. And because there is like life has seasons, right? And sometimes that you might be in a season where you just need to get your head down and grind. But how do you know the difference between when that is the right time and when it's not? Yeah, so I believe that every single person is different and I believe that we all have within us sort of proportions of, say, more hustle energy or more presence energy and we'll be able to switch between those two as and when. And I also believe that all of us can build a life that suits those proportions so when we are most ourselves when we are most in alignment when do we feel able to hustle and when do we feel able to sort of be a bit more still be a bit more nurturing do more creative stuff um and so for me personally um I think I didn't learn my true version of hustle until I started to regulate my nervous system and sort of regulate those cortisol levels. Mm. And that required me to sleep and rest for a really, really long time. And I know that that's not accessible to absolutely everybody. I know that we live in a hustle world and you've got to pay your bills, you've got to pay this, you've got to be on it. So it's a really difficult question to ask because I do feel Mm. that a lot of us need rest. Um, And then once you've had that rest and you've sort of maybe even just spent more time with yourself, like not on your phone, not watching something, taking time out of your hours to just be with yourself, to sort of, to journal, to express, to speak to friends, to really get to grips with who you are. The quicker you learn that journey and the more you dedicate to learning that journey, that's when you start to feel a different kind of pull. You start to feel a pull that isn't up here, that doesn't go, oh my God, let's go to work, let's start. You start to feel a little pull from down in like your gut or your heart and it goes, oh, I'd really like to work on this. And it's a much slower, much quieter energy. And that's when you, when you start to listen to that one, that's when you know that you're able to sort of be in touch with yourself and also work on what you're supposed to work on. And um, with that in mind, there also are times where you do need to sort of push past yourself because discipline, I have found, is a very, very layered topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, I feel that like 
sometimes we push ourselves and we bully ourselves into a corner of sort of getting on with work and getting into that hustle mode. And there are times where our body doesn't want to, but we can sort of nudge ourselves into it. Yeah. But I would say the key is uh, your relationship with yourself every single Mm. time. Um, Yeah. It's my firm belief that if you love yourself enough, it will give you the signals and it will give you the motivation and it will give you everything you need, but you need to give it what it needs first. You give me a little light bulb moment there, personally, actually. Um, Because I feel like I've got quite, you know, quite in touch with my body. I've done a lot of somatic work, a a lot of therapy. Um, Yesterday, and and I'm in the middle of launching a new course at the moment, Evolve. Um, So for anyone listening that is interested in... Yes, but if anyone listening that is interested in sort of kickstarting their fitness journey, um, I've got a brand new course, Evolve, launching in September. So right now is a is a is a time where I need to get my head down because I have to maintain my current workload prep for the course do do everything in the run-up to that so you know have consultation calls with people make sure they're the right fit for it do all of these different things and my screen time on my phone has gone up by two hours a day um and when I saw that I was like wow no wonder why my head is feeling frazzled and I felt like I was up here, like in my head. Mm-hmm. And it was that not coming from like the gut, like you were saying earlier, or like the heart. Well, I tell you what, when it was coming from the chest, it was actually a caving feeling, not that like uh, mm-hmm. love and abundance feeling. So it was the opposite. Um, mm-hmm. And yesterday I said to myself, I can't start today in that same frame of mind because that was mm-hmm. too much. And I went out in the garden. I didn't have my phone for the first hour. And I went out in the garden and I listened to the birds. And it sounds so simple and basic, but it changed the whole setup of this morning for me. I woke up feeling a little overwhelmed already with what I needed to do, thinking about my to-do list. But I just went outside and I sat out there with a glass of water and I really listened to the birds. Like, you know, try to see if I could see which tree they were coming from and then looking at the trees and the clouds. And I just felt a sense of calm come over me. And then I journaled, I'd done my meditation and I thought, you know what, I'm ready for today now. And I think that was a big sign that I was feeling a lot of disconnect from myself yesterday. And I didn't really realize that until this morning. But you've, yeah, you've just given me that little light bulb moment there. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that is a prime example as well as when, for when like maybe what you're working on or the world around you requires you to be in that sort of hustle mode. And maybe you feel that you're a little bit disconnected from that. And I think so long as you're aware, and as you say, you sort of check in and you go, okay, what do I need right now? I need to Mm. go and sit in the garden with a glass of water and I need to go and listen to the birds. And like, that's your way of being like, in a relationship with yourself where it's like, okay, we do have to hustle today. We do have to be in that masculine energy, but I'm still going to listen to you and I'm still going to check in with you and know what you need. Um, I read a really interesting book actually called uh, The Wisdom of Your Body. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you've ever read it, but she talks about speaking to your body as if it's a different person and, and like a person that you really, really love. Mm. Um And I think that really helps because, yeah, as you say, like, I think 
just checking in with yourself and being like, what do you need? I think that's so, so important and we don't do it enough. Yeah, yeah. And I just think like, if I didn't do that this morning, I would have gone in today probably feeling quite frantic. And that is not Mm. a good way to go into any day, particularly when you're trying Mm. to run a business that you're the the person that you're, sorry, you're the only person that's responsible for that. Like, that's not going to work and that's not going to last So, yeah, yeah, it would be easy to feel that frantic feeling and that overwhelm. And I think a lot of people listening to this might think, but I can't do that. I can't take the time to do that because I have X, Mm. Y and Z to do. But Mm. what I've come to learn, and I'm sure you're going to vouch for this, is actually you'll create more time and more space for yourself by just taking that time. And it doesn't need to be an hour like I took for myself this morning. It can be as simple as 10 minutes to focus on your breathing. Yeah. I find that helps me throughout the day as well. But in the long run, you're definitely saving yourself a lot by creating that space. And you know, I'm sure you would agree, right? Yeah, no, completely. And I think it's something we are actively taught and familiar with not doing because of our phones and so many distractions and work and there's just absolutely everything that you can consume your time with these days absolutely everything games phones whatever so it's actively something that you really need to make a conscious effort and it's like time isn't found it's made so that time that you're trying to find to make for yourself even if it's just in lockdown and I started doing 15 minutes a day in the morning of yoga and that kept Mm. me sane um just doing something for yourself building that relationship for yourself where you start to say I care about you like I think I think one sort of obstacle in that is um, a lot of women don't feel worthy of it a lot of women don't feel worthy of that care because maybe they haven't felt shown it before in their lives and that was like sort of my case I really had to learn that I was worthy of the care that I was trying to give myself. Um, And it took a really, really long time, but it was 100% worth it. Mm, And you mentioned something earlier about inadequacy as well and and just like self-worth then. Where do you think that actually stems from, particularly in like, you know, we see it a lot in high achieving women. And I know that I was that person myself as well. Like, where does that stem from? Uh, yeah I mean that's another one that's got lots of different answers but I'd say the my favorite one to talk about and I think this is something that is universal is the fact that essentially referring to sort of inner child work now as a child as a really small person you require an adult for your survival And therefore, you require on that person for all of your needs. That is physical touch, that's food, that's water, that's, like, nurture, that's, like, celebration. That's absolutely everything you require from that person. And so, for if any reason that person cannot meet your needs in whatever scenario, and that is whether you had a good childhood, amazing childhood, or not, it is all to do with your perception. It doesn't matter about the scenario. The scenario might be Mm -hmm. that your mum was trying really, really hard but she just wasn't able to get you that day or wasn't able to help you that day. And so your perception is you internalise... Okay, I'm going to try and explain this in a way that's understandable. Essentially, if that were to happen in adult life, if someone were to actively not meet your needs, even though you were asking them for it, you would just push them away and you would be like, okay, I don't want to be a friend anymore. 
Whereas as a child, you have not got the choice because it is you're, that person, you depend on that person for your survival. Mm-hmm. So that energy of sort of rejection has to go somewhere. It can't go that way because if it does, then you're going to be, you're going to die. Mm. So you have to internalize it. So the messaging that you give yourself is any time that an adult does not meet your needs, it's your fault. It's something to do with you. And you do that to the age of like three to four. And you do it to a certain extent until you're about seven when you develop more of your frontal cortex. But it's it then means that so many messages you create as a child are false because your dad wasn't, you're like, you're not an awful person. Your dad was just busy. Like, <laughs> you're not, like, you are enough. Your mum was just doing washing. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. you can't, you, have, you haven't got the logical sense as a, as a baby to make sense of that. So it's all internalised. Um, so even if you had the best childhood ever, you could still be making up stuff about yourself um, that isn't true effectively. And then as you get older... A really thick layer of this, I would feel, is like when parents celebrate only achievement. So then mm. if you've got those feelings of inadequacy and the only thing you're celebrated for is good grades and anything else, like good sports results, whatever, you're then like, okay, so I can't, I'm not worthy of being here just as I am. I'm worthy and I'm celebrated if I'm doing this. And that just snowballs. So yeah, that's childhood man. Everything comes from childhood. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and it's like a nightmare because it's like it's a nightmare because like I think parents have such a hard job as it is. Like I don't think we should point the finger and waggle at all. There's definitely times where we need to hold accountability, but like it's hard raising a child. So it's no wonder that we come out and we're like, I'm not good enough. <laughs> yeah and I, I agree like when I say that things stem from childhood like I truly believe that everyone tries their best like mm. I don't you know I think all of our parents always have the best intentions and they're always mm. doing what they can with what they have available and mm. again like we can go deeper a lot of that comes from well, what was your mother's relationship like with her parents? What was your father's relationship like exactly. with their parents? Because if your mother was in an abusive relationship, if your mother was abused by her parents, then she's not mm. going to know how to love you. And she's going to only mimic what mm-hmm. she was taught. So you might feel like your mother is mm. really abusive and manipulative or whatever it is. But actually she was trying her best mm. and she probably thought she was protecting you from the things that she experienced and and this is so multi-layered and and so deep and for me life just feels so much better when I come at it with the view of everyone's always trying their best and I genuinely do believe that as well so like you said it's not to try and blame anyone's parents and I'd done um, an inner child healing workshop not long ago and they spoke about doesn't need to be all the big t's like the big traumas sometimes it's the little t's the little traumas like your you know your dad was in a working class family so growing up he had to go out and he had to work all of the time to provide and you know back in the day you might have had six seven siblings like our parents generation that was quite normal so you didn't get the attention one-on-one from your mother because she had six or seven of you and your dad was always at work 
So it's yeah. like the little teas, and I find this stuff so so fascinating to to really get Same. into. Um, I think it's a really nice space that you can get to when you don't have to blame other people, and instead you can just take ownership of yourself. It's empowering as fuck. Mm. It's so easy to blame other people. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the first rule of coaching. Yeah. It's like the first rule of coaching is to learn that it's not your fault that you are where you are, but it is your responsibility to deal with it. And I think that talking about our parents is a prime example of why the work that we're in, in sort of building closer relationships with ourselves and choosing to do things differently and address our patterns and beliefs is so vitally important because it means that not only are we becoming a generation of more mindful, conscious beings that sort of interact with each other differently, we're then going to create the next generation that are doing the same. And that's what I think I mentioned earlier about moving away from sort of a chaotic world and more into a, mm. like a sort of more conscious sort of still and peaceful world. I think that is where this starts, like us humans addressing ourselves. I think it all starts with us. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah yeah absolutely I was asked um on a podcast recently what's the first step to actually you know going on to this health and well-being journey and I feel like a lot of the things that we talk about are um transferable to sort of all areas of your life because everything stems from self-awareness like if I relate it to health and fitness right now if you're not aware of your eating habits how you feel when you eat you're not going to be able to permanently change those habits because you don't have the self-awareness so everything stems from having that self-awareness and even sometimes I'm like fucking self-awareness I could really do without it right now (laughs) I know and that's the thing I think that was actually something I thought about this morning when I was meditating was like, I spent so much of my life hating the fact that I reflected on everything, that I felt everything, that <laughs> I was so aware of everything. I was like, why? But actually, I mean, it has created the career that I love. It's meant that I get to help people for a living. It's also meant that like, I have built a relationship with myself where I'm so in tune with everything. I've got an immediate yes or no system from downstairs. Like, I'm not, I don't, I mean, make up, by the way. I've got an immediate yes or no from my gut. And that means that, like, I go through life in so much more alignment and things just work more seamlessly. I'm not, like, confused and like, trying to make a decision constantly. Um, yeah. So I am grateful, but I definitely have those moments of like, oh my God, can I not just switch that off for a day? Yeah, like ignorance is bliss sometimes. (laughs) But I wouldn't change it. (laughs) So something else that I also wanted to make sure that we covered today, because this is a topic that I'm learning a lot more myself. And uh, yeah, I think it's important to talk about it. And we've kind of touched on some parts of it already, but you talk about joy playfulness and femininity and I really want you to talk about that so start wherever you feel is best with that so right let's sort of strip it back a little bit so I believe that and I know that this is a very common sort of topic at the moment which is about masculine and feminine energy and how every Mm -hmm. single person has all of the all of it 
Um, and what they use depends on how aware they are and how much they want to dive into either one or have been forced to. So ironically, when I was working for a virtual assistant company like two years ago, I wrote an article or a blog about how the quickest way to avoid burnout was to introduce play into your day. So where you take time in your day to do things that are completely unrelated to any sort of progression and they are literally just for fun. So like you go and, I don't know, throw a ball or you like uh, do something that involves play or fun basically, like go yeah. on a slide, I don't know, whatever, whatever takes your biscuit. Um, and funnily enough, like two years later, I've now been exploring feminine energy for so long that I've learned that the masculine energy is the one that is structured, linear, work-orientated, materialistic, um, and we need that in order to survive. What we're now learning is how we need the other one as well, which is the feminine, and she is playful, whimsical, she is very sort of airy-fairy in the clouds, like she's nurturing, she's in touch with the nature around her, like she's the one that would be looking at you and going, okay, you've got a cough, I'm going to go out and fetch this yeah. particular herb and help make a tea out of it and help you with that. But she's also the one that's going to be like floating around the house and just sort of playing and having fun. And I think it's fun to think of like having those two energies within you at all times. Mm -hmm. um, and for me particularly, I love being in my feminine and just like making fun of everything. Like it doesn't, life doesn't need to be serious. And I think it's so timely that this sort of saying has come to the surface about how we're all just on this spinning rock. Because <laughs> I think that that's a really feminine perspective of just like life is just life and we don't <laughs> need to take it so seriously. And yeah. like the more that people sort of dive into that and explore that within themselves, I feel that we're going to have a more balanced world of like, yes, okay, hustle sometimes and then just go and have fun. Like, and like that will... 100% prevent you from getting burnout as well mm. yeah and do you know what I'm realizing is where I was so disconnected from my body and shut down I could never be in my feminine I could never be playful I could never be silly do anything creative yeah it it made me cringe like I can't spend myself mm. physically repulsed with myself like I remember going to these sound baths like a few years ago and some of them were quite shamanic, so there'd be drums and rattles and singing and chanting. And I would go, and fair play to me, even though I felt so uncomfortable, I would just sit there. Okay, I'd be the only one just sat there. Everyone else was enjoying themselves, dancing, singing, moving. But I kept going because I was like, I want to be like them. I'm inspired by them. Now I am like yeah. them, and I let go, and I enjoy it. But when I had this huge disconnect, I just couldn't do it. And I actually yeah. really fucking like being in that feminine, that creative, that playful, mm. like, energy. Mm. And I want to be in it a lot more than I am right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's really fun when you can get past those barriers and, and let go. But, again, this is just going back to the work being uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable, mm. but I kept showing up. And when you keep showing up and you're consistent, you're going to get there. Um, yeah, yeah. So, 
yeah, I'm loving that for me. <laughs> yeah, I love that for you. I also did a similar thing. I started to go into moon circles, like uh, like full yeah. moon and new moon circles, because the woman I was getting therapy with um, started hosting them. And uh, I was like, you know what? I love this woman. I'm just going to go along and see what happens. And, like, it started off fairly tame. And then, like, it would really go wild. So there would be, like, ecstatic dance and, like, music and singing and, like, drums. And, like, exactly like you, I was like, oh, my God. And then I thought to myself, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to get involved because the feminine energy comes from a place of I know who I am. Yeah. I know where my place is in this world and I don't give a shit what you think. So I'm just going to go and dance with this drum and I'm going to sing. And I think it's so funny that like there's so much on the internet about like men sort of mocking or masculine energy sort of mocking the feminine of like, oh, you're feeling a lot today oh, sort of thing. Oh, you're on your period or oh, like or even stuff like crystals and astrology. We get taken the piss out of everything. And yeah. I think that that's generally because the world around us is cringing because they're having to move into their feminine. And we're all going, oh, my God, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but actually, I'm when you get to the side, you're like, this is great. <laughs> it is it's so liberating like honestly it's the most freeing feeling yes. I've ever felt like when I've done inner dances and all of those things and I just let mm. myself scream and feel pain and rage that I've kept yes. in but it yeah but it's like in a safe place and what I found is I'm usually like the first person to start it in my circle now when I do an inner dance but then it gives other people permission to do exactly the same. And it's like, we're all waiting for someone to give us permission to do it. So yeah. like, be the person to give everyone permission. Because if you're dying to, everyone's going to as well. And then, exactly. on like, when you mentioned like the crystals and the cards and all those sorts of things. Like, I love crystals. I love cards. And, you know, I go to circles and follow the moon and all of those things myself. And I just think, mm. if it's making your life better, what fucking harm is it doing it? Like, I have... Exactly. Yeah, like, I have crystals that someone has given me at a time where I've really needed the meaning behind that. Mm. Who fucking knows if it's got energy in it and it does anything. But to me, like, knowing that someone gave me that crystal with real love and intent behind it means so much yeah. to me. And I'll carry them around and I'll keep them with me. And I'll do, like my incense and you know my little rituals but they're things that help me connect with myself and make me feel good yes. so literally fuck what anyone else thinks if it's benefiting you in your yes. life you're the one that's winning <laughs> yes completely and like who I've always said this like who cares if it works like having a sense of faith in like something as small as a crystal or as something as big as a god whatever you believe in mm -hmm. universe like the idea of faith is to believe in something that you don't understand. Like yeah. that's the literal definition of faith is to just believe. And like, yeah. I think that that's really hard for people that are very logical. Cause it's like, okay, well it hasn't got any scientific results and da 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 da. And it's like, we're slowly learning that the, the world is a lot more mystical than we first thought. And it's not all about logic and results mm -hmm. and all of that. It is just a mystery. The fact that we're here, the fact that we are yeah. this specific, distance from the sun that means that we can exist on this planet like there are so many mysteries why not just dive in and allow it to just be an entire mystery 
And do you know what pisses me off as well? Oh, this is going to make me so <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> when people take the Come piss on, out of spirituality, because it's like, spirituality to me is connecting with myself, with just being an embodied version of myself, mm-hmm. having faith and belief in something larger than me without any rules. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people are so quick to knock spirituality as with everything, like mm-hmm. with religion, there's people on the extreme ends, you know, so there is, of, of course, people with spirituality on extreme ends as well. But it's not okay to mock someone for their religion. But yeah. I see so many people just bashing spirituality and it fucks me yeah. off because it's like Same. you're taking the piss out of my belief system. Yeah. Oh, angers me. <laughs> I feel that too. I think it, it is difficult. I think, yeah, I, I do genuinely feel that it is sort of the world's resistance to what's coming, which is more mm. of a sort of conscious spiritual world. Um, and before any sort of major change, change, there is always resistance. And like, I genuinely believe that that is an example of it. Because yeah. um, it, it fucks me off as well when I hear like men talk about, oh God, don't ask me my star sign. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. And because it's yeah. what I believe in. And like, you go off and do your business and I'll just do our compatibility. And then I'll come back to you and I won't talk about it. All right. <laughs> yeah, just give me your time of birth, your location and all your details. And that's <laughs> I won't ask you ever again. And if you don't answer me, I'm just going to ask your mother. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the best guess possible. <laughs> Facebook scroll, Instagram scroll, when's his birthday? <laughs> Where's his mother born? Where did they live when they grow up? <laughs> my name. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's so funny brilliant i've honestly loved this conversation today though and i really hope like people listening have been able to relate i hope there's been light bulb moments that sort of got you questioning how am i living am i living in alignment with myself with my femininity with playfulness creativity or am i constantly in that logical analytical mind and if you are Think about what you can do to come out of that and to embody both the feminine, the masculine, because they both exist in absolutely everyone. This isn't a thing, like you said, about being a man or a woman. It's not about gender. It's about the duality of feminine energy, masculine energy. Um, Yeah, so I really hope there's been a, a lot of light bulb moments. And Meredith, where can people find you? Have you got anything going on at the moment that they can get involved with? Yeah, so I am in the process of developing a course which I will launch likely at the beginning of next year. Um, And it's going to be a 12-month course for high achievers, um, particularly women or men can join if they want to. But it's going to have um, sort of a weekly weekly sort of school session where we just dive into one topic like inner child work, somatics, our body, emotions... um, and then on the Thursday, what I'll also be hosting is like a group coaching thing. So it will be like a dual thing of like you invest in the course, but you also get coaching through what you're going through, which mm. I'm really excited about. Um, so I am launching that in the new year. Um, but yeah, just generally, I'm going to be sort of toddling along on my um, Instagram and TikTok, which is high.achievers.rehab. Um, so yeah, 
The other thing I wanted to say just quickly, just to finish off what you just said was, I think that a lot of women are so afraid of finding out that they are in their logical brain and like being like, oh God, I've got so much work to do. And that's the sort of narrative we live in. Mm. But actually what you don't realise is the fact that when you're this side of the fence and you have just delved in and you have just done what you can to build a closer relationship with yourself and your femininity, you are so, so, so much more powerful. So much more powerful as a person and as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a scary process. It's a horrible process, but it's the best thing you'll ever do. And I'll finish yeah. on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I absolutely agree with everything you said there. Thank you so much for joining us. I've loved this conversation. And to all of our listeners, um, like I said, I've also got Evolve launching in a couple of weeks, which is a four-week course designed to help you learn how to lose 10 pounds and keep those 10 pounds off as well. So if you're interested in joining, head over to my Instagram, just pop me a message with the word interested. I can give you all the details. Make sure that you go over, you follow Meredith, you connect. If you've got any thoughts off the back of today's episode, we want to hear, send both of us a message. We listen to them or read them all and reply to every single one. So we really would love that. And rating and following the podcast channel goes a really big way. And we would really appreciate any support that we can get. So thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Meredith, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I told you this was going to be an incredible episode and it was right. So please make sure that you are following Meredith, you're following myself and we both want to hear from you. Like we want to know what your thoughts were, what your key takeaways were, if anything resonated with you. So please do send us both a message and and connect with us. We read every single one. We reply to every single message and make sure that you're in Meredith's world because she's going to have some amazing, um, amazing offerings for you coming into the new year and you're going to want to be connected with her. So thank you to Meredith for, for joining us and thank you for listening to this episode. And just one last reminder for you, three spaces are left with Evolve with the 51% discount. You do not want to miss out on this. Make sure you get in touch with me because those spaces are absolutely going to be gone. Once these final three spaces with the 51% discount are gone, spaces will still remain open just without the discount. You will be paying full price. So if you really want these spaces with the discount, you got to get in touch and you got to do it now. Otherwise, have an absolutely fabulous day. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate and share the episode.